Well, we're glad to have Brother Rick Roach with us this morning. So would you give him a hand as he comes to the pulpit? And I'm going to go back there and adjust your sound. So. Amen. I, I don't need anything to drink. I brought my own. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You love the Lord. Say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God for his presence that is in this house today. It's good to see each and every one of you today. Hallelujah. My, didn't we have church last night? Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And I'm supposed to follow all these good preachers and just Brother Watts and Brother Preston. And, and uh, amen. I, I just, uh, like uh, Brother Branco used to say, I feel like a wiener in a steakhouse. <laughs> you know, and so, but, uh, but anyway, I appreciate the privilege to bring forth the word today. Amen. And I appreciate you coming hungry for more of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians in the fifth chapter this morning. I think uh, Brother Jeff Blizzard used this same scripture Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I thought I saw him sneaking out of my office a couple of weeks ago. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're just going to say the Lord put this together. Amen. And, uh, and so it's a, a, for our theme and, uh, and what we're looking for, an outpouring of God's spirit. What a great scripture that it is. Ephesians in the fifth chapter, in the 18th verse, if you found it, say amen, brother. Preston is still looking. Look at it in the index. It'll give you the, the number of the, of the book. <laughs> I appreciate, I'm telling you as an evangelist to be here in the morning time that this is no joke. This is a sacrifice for him because I'm telling you between jet lag and then after a service as an evangelist, you're so keyed up that it's, that it's hard to, to sleep at night and, uh, you know, you're just basking in the presence of God and, and, uh, and then, you know, and then you wake up and then you have to get your bearings and wonder where you are a lot of times. And, and, uh, and so I do appreciate him being uh, here uh, this morning. So Ephesians in the, in the fifth chapter and the 18th verse, and, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence that fills this house, for your glory that has already been revealed, Lord, through praise and worship. And, Lord, I pray, God, that this word would become alive in this preacher's heart, God, that I'll be able to speak it, Lord, with clarity, that I'll speak it with anointing, Lord, that I'll speak it with power today, God, that will change hearts and lives and encourage, Lord, your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen, amen and amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word today. <coughs> and be not drunk with wine. Whiskey and rum's okay, but don't be drunk on wine. <laughs> I'm about to get stoned up here. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me uh, of how 
how many Christians try to blur the lines of holiness? Uh, so many Christians today want to argue the point of alcoholic versus non-alcoholic beverages. But I say, why in the world would you want to give one penny to an industry that is killing so many people and destroying so many families? How would you want to do that? Amen. According to the American Psychological Association, more people in the United States die of alcohol-related causes than from opioids and other drugs combined. Can you imagine that? Why would you remotely want to justify it? Kirbyville, Brother Sean, is, uh, last week had over 60 people on a Thursday night through his, through his program, Reaching the Lost. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give the Lord praise for that today. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> He's not preaching some 12-step program and, and, and some, something about some higher power that you, you may or may not even know. He's preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified yesterday, today, and forever. He's, he's preaching Jesus Christ is able to heal and deliver. Thank God for what's happening in Kirbyville. Amen. Oh, it says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess or leads to excessive behavior. But be filled with the Spirit. That word means to make replete in the Greek, to cram, to level up. So it's be to make filled. In the Greek, it is a present imperative tense. I didn't hear any gasp. Aren't you impressed of what I just did? <laughs> Told you what that was? Turn to your neighbor and say, that brother Roach is one smart fellow. <laughs> now, remember, I can read lips, so what you... <laughs> what, what does she really say when she's, she looked at you? <laughs> oh, thank God for commentaries and hooked on phonics. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Present imperative tense. It has the connotation of a continuous replenishment, an, un, an ongoing state of being filled. <laughs> In other words, Go on being filled. In other words, keep on being filled. In other words, continue being filled. Hallelujah. In other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. Praise God. Oh, we've heard tongues and interpretation through this revival and, and, and God speaking things about don't stop and open your eyes and get ready and all sorts of things. That tells me get ready. God is about to do something like we've never known before. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> uh, Brother Scott at our last meeting at our church in Jasper and, and said that God... Uh, Gave him that vision of 10,000 churches, I believe. 1,000. Oh, okay, well, if you didn't have that much faith, that's all right. <laughs> and so, you know, but, 
but, but a, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but a thousand churches, that, that's, that, that, that's awesome. We're, we're fueling that vision. Amen. And I, I just thank God that Jasper's going to be ground zero because you announced it there. And so y'all are just getting the leftovers. So, you know, praise God. And uh, so, so, so anyway, we, we, uh, we need to be filled and, and, and keep on being filled. There's more. There's more. Somebody needs to shout, there's more. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! There's more! Praise God! There's more! Thank you, Jesus. There's more. <clears throat> Don't get filled and stop. Keep on being filled. Your life depends on it. Your family depends on it. Your church depends on it. You're the lost around you depend on it. Keep on being filled. If you believe Jesus' words, greater works shall ye do because I go to the Father, then we need to keep on being filled. Amen. If you believe his words, it says that you shall be witnesses unto me, then we need to keep on being filled. If we believe those words that demons tremble and that mountains move, then we need to keep on being filled with his power and his spirit today. <coughs> An army depends on fuel. An army depends on fuel. First of all, what that army eats. Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte, boy, if I start quoting <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, we might as well shut it down. <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte, <laughs> woo, said an army runs on its stomach. World War I, I was reading some of the history of, of war. I, I, I love studying history. And uh, their diet during World War I was mutton. How many knows what mutton is? I, did, I had to look it up. I, sister, have you ever ate mutton before? She just knows what it is. So m mutton, yeah. <laughs> mutton is meat from old sheep. That sounds pretty appetizing. I mean, you ready for lunch now. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, okay, we can't do anything else with this sheep. Let's just cut it up and send it to the army, you know. But that's what they lived on was, was mutton. In World War II was even worse. There was something horrible that they served to our our army personnel, you know what they serve? They serve spam. Spam. Can you imagine? How many like spam? Y'all just nasty. Y'all just, you know. Spam. You know why the highway department scrapes up all that roadkill? Make spam. You know, <laughs> and that caused me to desert to the enemy's camp, you know. Of course, I wouldn't think Bratwurst would be any better. But, but anyway, I was amazed. They fed them spam. 
during that's where it came from. Uh, in Korea, my dad talked about how that they eat, had to eat everyday liver. It says they got so sick of liver. Liver every day, it, just about every meal uh, was was liver. Uh, you know, I, I I see our military today, and I thank God for our MREs. You know that they have. But one thing we need to realize as a Christian, it's, it's that old saying, garbage in is garbage out. You see, you can expect to fill up on the world's junk and fight for God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to do it. You must be filled and keep on being filled. And just like soldiers have to have so many calories a day, you've got to be filled every day, morning, noon, night. Jesus said, pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. We've got to stay in the word, don't we? We've got to improve our prayer life. We've got to do everything that we can to get closer to God. Fuel is critical for war. Ships, tanks, personnel carriers, planes, submarines, they all require fuel <coughs> to defeat the enemy. Isaiah 59 says the enemy will come in like a flood. Satan doesn't fight fair. He comes in like a flood. In the past few days, we've seen a demonic horde cross and flood across the borders of Israel to kill and to kidnap men and women and children, just, just shooting animals just at, at random. They have one objective, to kill, steal, and destroy. I've heard that somewhere. I've read that somewhere. Haven't you? Right, right. To kill, steal, and destroy. Satan is coming for your family. Satan is coming for your spouse. He's coming for your children. He's coming for your loved ones. He's coming for your friends. But Isaiah said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Against him. Tells me we're in a spiritual warfare. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a, a standard against him. But I want you to know this morning, church, that it doesn't happen by default. Jesus said, you receive not because you ask not. You see, God's army stands ready to move, waiting for someone that is filled with the Spirit of God that will pray that prayer of faith and put the enemy on the run. God's army stands ready and waiting for the church to pray, for the church to seek the face of God. Amen. God's army stands ready. His holy angels stand ready. Pray that prayer of faith. Jesus said, 
in Matthew 18, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. So many times the enemy comes in like a flood and like Delilah screaming, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And like Samson, we shake ourselves only to find out we have no power and we fall apart when the enemy comes in. We need to be filled today. And we need to keep on being filled. I'm amazed at those military tanker aircraft that refuel in air. I could watch that all day long. It's just amazing the technology that they can feel those jet airplanes midair. Line up with that cone, release it, and just, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. But why do they do that? So that they do not lose precious time going back to base. As a warrior for Christ, you have to be ready at all times. People are dying all around you. When you are faced with a soul crisis, you don't have time to say, oh, let me get myself ready. You need to stay ready and stay filled. Don't wait till service time to be filled. Come into that service already filled so that you can help others be filled. Amen. Stay filled. <coughs> In Exodus 17, we read about the children of Israel fighting the Amalekites. And Moses went and stood on a hill to oversee what's going on. We know the story. We've heard about it in children's church. When Moses kept his hands up, the children of Israel advanced and they were winning the war. They, they were receiving fuel, a spiritual fuel, moving forward, winning the war. <clears throat> but when Moses' hands, his arms grew weary, the fuel would get low and the children of Israel would begin to lose. I want you to know this morning, church, that we are in the heat of the battle. As a Christian, you don't have a right to get discouraged. It's tough words. Jesus is coming. We're too close. We're too close. You don't have a right to get discouraged. Stir yourself. Get out of it. Don't dwell on it. Don't let it stay there. I know it's, it's, it's terrible at times when you're dealing with debilitating discouragement and, 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 and all of those things. It's, it's hard. But you see, we can't stay there. We don't have the right to stay there. We don't have time to stay there. You don't have a right to stop worshiping. I should have got a big amen right there. You don't have a right to stop worshiping. And, and, and what do a lot of people do? If they're upset, they've had a, you know, fuss with their 
kids or spouse or they had a bad day at work or whatever, they take it out on God and stop worshiping. Your circumstances haven't changed who God is. We don't have the right to stop worshiping because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And regardless of how we feel, we need to worship Him with everything that we've got. Amen. We don't have a right to stop doing God's will because we're too tired. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season. Hallelujah. How many is ready for that season today? How many is ready for a season of hope, a season of joy? In due season, you shall reap if you do not faint. Hallelujah. You don't have a right. Moses could not physically hold his arms up that long. As a kid, how many's ever done that Coke bottle challenge? You know, they, they bet you, oh, you can't hold that bottle up for five minutes. And you think, five minutes, what's the big deal? Five, a Coke bottle, it doesn't weigh anything. But try that sometimes. After about three minutes, your arm is on fire. You, you can't hold that for five, for five minutes. And, and I'm sure as Moses had his hands up and he thought, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to fight for this. I can, I can do this. But his, but his arms just began to, to give way. Was, those muscles just couldn't, couldn't hold up those hands any longer. But, but he had two people, two men that cared enough. <laughs> two men that cared enough and were willing to sacrifice to hold up his arms, amen, so that the battle would be won. Be filled. Keep on being filled so that you can come alongside <coughs> your pastors, your spiritual leaders, and say, I'm willing to sacrifice my wants in order that the vision be fueled, that the vision be fulfilled. Amen. So that we will help them fulfill the mission that God has given them. Fuel the mission. Refueling in the natural is part of everyday life. Most of you here in this room have, have been some part of, of refueling in your, in your lifetime. We, we refuel our cars. We refuel our uh, lawnmowers, our weed eaters, our, our boats, our, you know, so many things that, that run on fuel. We have to refuel them. So it's, so it's critical to refuel, and it's critical to have something to accomplish this. You can't just wish it happened, right? I mean, you can't just blink and your gas tank be filled. That would be nice, but it's not going to happen. So it takes, it takes work. And, and whether it's a gas pump or a, or a gas can, you have to have something to accomplish the refueling. Today in the United States, we have regulations of what a, what a gas can, what gas can be stored in, what you can put gas in at the gas pumps. There's regulations. You can't just drive up there and put it in anything. There, there's regulations. Uh, but, but when I was a kid, 
<laughs> there was no regulation. You drove up there. You put gas in whatever you had. I, I, I'm telling you, it was glass bottles. You know, I mean, you were driving around with a Molotov cocktail. You know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, tin cans, buckets. We'd put gas in buckets. You know, uh, as I was preparing this, I was reminded of that story of those two nuns that run out of gas on the road, and uh, they didn't know what to do, and. And so finally someone pulled over and then they said, you know, can, can we help you sisters? And, and they said, well, we're out of gas. And he said, well, I've got a siphon hose. He said, but I don't have any containers. And, uh, and so they said, well, let us look in our car. Maybe we'll find something. And they looked in the back and the only thing that they could find was a bedpan. And, and so they took that bedpan over there and siphoned gas into it. And so that, that nun very carefully went over there and, 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 and poured gas into her gas tank. And a, and a redneck drove by about that time and said, Woo, sister, I wish I had your faith. <laughs> you know, just, you know, <laughs> it, it'll, it, it'll sink in, you know. <laughs> but you see, my, my dad's go-to container was a Clorox bottle. If you saw a Clorox bottle outside, you never assumed there was Clorox in it. Never. <laughs> it was usually gas or diesel or poison. I mean, you try to, you try to smell of it without it killing you, you know, to find out you know, what it was, and God forbid you ever put the wrong thing in the gas tank, or then you'd be dead anyway from your dad, you know, of, uh, of tearing things up. But, uh, but he, he loved the Clorox bottle. Um, and and the, the Clorox bottle could be warped and bent, discolored for all the abuse that it went through, but it was still useful, and it still refueled what you needed to refuel. When it came time to refuel, it was always ready. Some of you this morning have been beat up. Some of you this morning have went through some hard times. You've got some dents and some hurts. And sometimes it shows. The dance, sometimes it only you see the time that you lost a loved one, the time that you lost your job, the time that you were abused. So many things in life that hurt and disfigure and maim us emotionally and spiritually. And sometimes because we're, we're so beat up, we feel like we don't look like other Christians. I had a, someone tell me not long ago, I see that person and they... And I, and I knew that other person. They said they, they, they seem to not have a care in the world. They seem to always be worshiping, and they seem like that they 
have never been through any kind of hurts, but I knew their life, and I knew they had been through a lot of hurts. We're good at hiding the dents and the discolorations. We, we're good at hiding the, the abuse and so many things. And, and, and sometimes because of what we've been through and maybe even what we're going through, we don't feel very useful for God. But I'm reminded as I was preparing this, I'm, I'm reminded of the story of the widow found in 2 Kings, the widow that was about to lose everything. Her husband had died. They had no money. And <clears throat> her two sons were about to be sold into slavery. Can you imagine in that situation and what she was dealing with? And she went to the man of God and said, can you do something? He asked, what do you, what do you want me to do? And, and, and she told him and and, and, then he, and then he asked, what's in your house? She sort of knew what he was talking about. She said, one small container, a flask of oil. That's all that I have to my name. That's not going to help. It's not going to make me useful. It's not going to keep my, my children from being sold to this world. What I have is, is not going to do any good whatsoever. And Elisha said, we know the story. Go round up all the pots that you can and bring them back there. In other words, there's about to be a miracle in this house. Hallelujah. In other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. We know the story of how God performed a miracle and pot after pot after pot was filled out of that flask. Hallelujah. You ain't seen nothing yet. But we've got to surrender that vessel as little as it is, as ugly as it is. We've got to start somewhere. So many times we look at the big picture and say, it's going to take so much for me to ever get out of this. All it takes is one step. One step. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. Lord, we praise you, Lord, today, God. Lord, I thank you for this body of Christ. Lord, those this morning that bear the scars, God, the scars of their life that most do not see, the scars in their life that most will never see. But Lord, I pray, God, that today help them to realize, God, that all you are looking for is one vessel to fill. One vessel, Lord, that will totally surrender to you and say, God, fill me. And Lord, we know, God, that you're going to take that and use it, Lord, for your glory. Hallelujah. Is there one this morning that will come forward that will say, Pastor, Brother Rick, I need prayer in my life. I've 
I'm at that place, seemingly at that place like the, the widow of Second Kings that I see no way out of this situation that I'm in. And I need somebody that can pray that prayer of faith with me and to ask with me as I surrender my life as a vessel. If you're that person, come on very quickly, very quickly. We want to pray with you. We want to believe God with you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sister Kathy, if you'll come to the piano. Praise the Lord. Some of you men gather around my brother today as he surrenders his life as a vessel today. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise God. Come on, church. Let's gather around these altars and surrender our life to the Lord this morning as vessels. Can you do that? Come on, let's find us a place just for a few moments to worship the Lord and to just surrender. Lord, I give you this vessel. Lord, it's nothing to look at. It's, Lord, I'm beat up. Lord, I, I don't have anything to offer, but Lord, I give you the vessel. I surrender the vessel. Come on, church, find you a place to recommit to the Lord. Recommit that vessel. Amen. You've been bought with a price. Surrender that vessel. Thank you, Jesus. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Surrender that vessel today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
this service this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, for a wonderful sermon. Very challenging. Appreciate it so much. Now, I, I've got something you've got to do. You've just got to do it. Uh, no questions about it. No questions asked. And that is you've got to stay for lunch or you've got to go fix your plate. Because we got food for 100 and you're going to have to eat like 100. Because we don't want to take any of it home. Am I right? My wife said I'm right. And you know what a struggle that is. <laughs> so, stand with me this morning. We're going to bless our food, bless our time. Stay and eat. If you can't stay and eat, if you got to go, then we ask that you do go by and make your plate to go. That container, go could go. Container. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for this day. Thank you for the blessings that we've experienced today. Thank you for your anointing that we felt, O oh God. Thank you for your power that's been evident in this place this morning. And Lord God, we thank you right now for the food that's been prepared. Thank you for the nation of bounty in which we live, O oh God. Thank you for America, Lord God, and thank you for the revival, Lord God, that's coming to America, Father God. Thank you for your blessings resting upon the great state of Texas, O oh God, that your glory would fill the houses, O oh God, that your power, Lord God, would fill this state, O oh God, and may we once again, Lord God, be one state and one nation under God. Thank you, Lord God, for the food, Lord God. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that it would nourish our bodies, Father, and our bodies to your service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.